Episode 10 of Talent Jackie. Thanks for joining in. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, like the lady said. And this is Talent Jackie, a podcast for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers, just like the woman said. And I I provide advice and guidance into the world of talent acquisition, trying to make it a win-win-win situation for all three parties. So um, let me know what you think of the new intro. Obviously, it's new. Um, I did some splicing, and um, I, I, I looked for some voice talent, and I think I found quite, quite a talent. And she was nice enough to record some blurbs for me. And then I spliced it into some effects. And I, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't do this for, I don't do audio, video, graphic design for a living. I don't. But I've done my own logos. Um, So I did the Talent Jockey logo. Uh, I did did the voiceover splicing. Um, Obviously, the music was something I purchased online. And I put it all together. And a lot of the tools that I use, I, I kind of fumble through. And it probably takes me 10 times longer to do anything and get any of that accomplished and finished. Um, where if I just, you know, if I picked my my buddy Steve's brain or got him to do it, who is a very talented designer, uh, graphic artist, as well as web, you know, it'd probably take him like five minutes. And me, it takes me like five days. But that's all right. It's a it's learning. I like it because I, I learn a little bit more, and I, it empowers me to do it myself. And I think it provides a little bit more. Well, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's a it's a different relationship that I'd have with the work that that I put out. And I'm kind of. It's not like I wrote a book or anything. But, anyways, drop me a note and let me know what you think of the intro. Um, you know, even just you know, is it too loud? Is it too soft? Uh, I kind of like it. It breaks up that music, introduces the show a little bit, puts a little pizzazz in there, makes it sound a little more professional maybe. I don't know. I'm open to feedback. Uh, Sean at talentjockey.com. Sean with an E-A-N. Much appreciated. So I got an email from, ironically enough, Sean. And he, I will read just briefly uh, some of the email that he mentions, which is, what's the best way for a job seeker to handle the what are your salary requirements? Question. He says, I'm attaching a link to a recent article on LinkedIn that argues for politely refusing to give out your salary history, but instead be upfront about your salary requirements. I'd love to hear your take on this. How many jobs would I remove myself from the running for if I took that advice? And then he provides a link. And I will put this in the show notes. So the article that he's talking about, so this is going to be a little bit about salary negotiations. Um, I think it's a very good article. Uh, I like how the author writes it. And so I give her some props. She's a little edgy. 
Um, I think she's kind of picking at me a little bit personally, even though we don't even know each other, right? I'm like, wait a minute, she's talking about me. Um, but then again, I'm putting myself in the boat that she thinks is not in a, a very, that's in a negative uh, bucket. And I don't, I don't think I'm that person though. So it's kind of weird. Anyways, we'll go into it a little bit. Uh, I'll read some details out of the article for you and I'll provide a link in the show notes so you can read it in full. But essentially what it is, is it's written, uh, Sean found it, I think on LinkedIn and, uh, it was written by, well, that's ironic because I clipped it and it, okay. So it's weird. I have it clipped in Evernote, which I use on occasion, but it didn't kind of bring, it didn't bring over the author's info. Lucky for uh, everybody, I have the actual author in front of me. So Liz Ryan is the person who wrote this. She's the CEO and founder of Human Workplace. Now, I looked up Human Workplace because I think it's it's good to understand. You know, I've read articles about how LinkedIn is killing recruiting. And then the author is an actual competitor of LinkedIn. So you kind of have to understand who's writing the article from what perspective and why. So Liz, I, I looked up her business a little bit just to see kind of who she is and what she does. And I'll let her know that we're talking about her. And I think she'll, she'll like it regardless of what I say, just because it'll, it'll, you know, maybe give her a little, some, a uh, little uh, more spotlight. Uh, not that she needs it by any means, but um, her, her organization does recruiting consulting, ironically enough, which is something that I'm looking into getting. So I respect her position and what she's doing and in her experience. She's been around for quite some time. It sounds like she's been in corporate uh, corporate recruiting as a VP for years, and now she offers advice to organizations as well as candidates. And it seemed, uh, and I didn't go into all her videos online, but there was a lot of candidate uh, candidate advice um, on her website. Um, also, you can become a member of her website. So I'm not plugging Liz. I'm just trying to establish her herself and how that ties into what we're about to talk about. Because if you're talking, if you are a, a company that represents individuals and you are going to talk about salary, you're going to have a different angle than if you're if you're representing organizations. And Liz seems to do both. Um, so it's not she's not overly one-sided versus the other. Okay. And I actually, it's funny because she brings up some points in the article where I'm like, yes, absolutely. Totally get it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, somebody like myself might be getting slammed for, you know, how I would practice, uh, or go about dealing with salary. And then I think, oh, that's awesome again. So there's this kind of weird dynamic that I have with, with how she wrote this article and what she's getting at. So let's get into it. So the title is how to answer what was your last salary, okay? And what she does is go into basically saying that um, you have to be ready to answer it, okay? Somebody's going to ask you how to answer it. And she, she goes into you have to step out of the standard sheepy job seeker frame sheepy job seeker frame and realize that you are an equal partner in the hiring process. You not you are not a lowly ant who has to crawl over piles of broken glass to get a job. Now I totally totally am on board with her. And what she's basically saying is for whatever reason employers have always seemed to be 
always seem to think that they are holding all the cards and they're not. And they need to realize that. And it hasn't changed in the industry. They still, a lot of them still think, hey, I'm, I have the vacancy. That person's applying for the job. That person's probably not, 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 it doesn't have a job or they're unsatisfied with the job that they have. So they're going to want my job. They're going to be, for lack of better words, desperate for my job. And that is not the case nowadays. They have to get over that. Now, some people, some candidates also do take uh, her, what her perspective is from that candidate side where they feel desperate. So they, you know, feel as though, well, you know, it's their call. Well, no, not necessarily. You have to be able to, you know, you have to be the one that can also walk away if it's not a job that you want to pursue. It's not an opportunity that fits what you're, you know, you're looking for. I just think she phrased it wrong by just saying sheepy job seeker frame. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like the four dummies books. They may be good, but they're still calling everybody for, you know, they're still calling people dummy. So I, I don't, I totally, totally understand what she's saying. And I think she's spot on. I just don't like how she phrased it. Okay. Enough of that picking going on. Um, she says, you're not a lonely aunt. Um, but anyways, if you, if you have to see the inappropriateness of the question, what was your last salary first before you go, you can use our high mojo response to it. It is none of an employer's business what you were paid in any past job. They will tell you that it is their business, quoting Liz. They will tell you that you're being difficult by refusing to hand over your pay stubs. Unscrupulous recruiters will tell you that they must know your past salary and that you'll be dropped from the recruitment pipeline immediately if you don't hand it over. They will huff and puff. Read the comments after the story if you enjoy watching recruiters huffing and puffing. So again, Liz, I, th- I think you're very, I, I don't question your, um, your experience and your expertise, but man, you're just kind of coming across more. Uh, I just don't like the, the approach that you're taking. Anyways, that's just me. And she could tell me to pound sand. I don't care. Um, so again, I do agree with her. To a point, but I, I've never had I don't, the part where it says they will tell you that you're being difficult by review, refusing to hand over your pay stubs. Now, I hope she's figuratively speaking that I've never had a recruiter or I've never had a peer in the industry ask for pay stubs. Now, I think that, I mean, I think I, I have to think that she's just kind of throwing that out there as kind of a figure of speech. I don't know. Unscrupulous recruiters will tell you that they must know your past salary. Um, are they unscrupulous because they're asking you for your last past salary? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think that may be harsh too. Now, granted, now some recruiters, um, again, if you, you know, I think it was episode nine, why some recruiters suck. There is some things that recruiters do that are not, they just don't do well in recruiting. I don't know if I would call them unscrupulous if they ask for your past salary. Um, and being dropped from the recruiting pipeline immediately if you don't hand it over, that may just be poorly trained recruiters. Somebody that wasn't probably mentored the correct way in handling certain situations. I don't know. Could be corporate policy. And they're being driven to do that. And they will huff and puff. Maybe it's staffing. Staffing may not work with you because they need that info. I don't know. Maybe. May, and I've even worked in staffing firms 
Uh, I've worked in a staffing firm where, you know, maybe the firm is really good, but the recruiter sucks. So there's a, a disconnect between, you know, so you get one recruiter in the same firm and they're awesome and you get another recruiter in the same firm and they suck. It's not really the company though. It's just the individual, which kind of muddies the waters when it comes to good or bad recruiting and staffing firms. Um, so anyways, uh, she goes in to say scummy recruiters. Uh, oh, of course they, they say they must have your salary details. They want to maintain the negotiating advantage over you. Leave them in the dust. Scummy recruiters like that cannot help you. Scummy recruiters. So some, you know, and the reason this kind of, kind of picks my, tweaks my ear a little bit is because I do ask for salary, but I don't wouldn't consider myself a scummy recruiter. Right, an unscrupulous recruiter. I think anybody that knows me now, of course, she's not writing this to Sean Kelly, like, "Hey, you, you do this and you're unscrupulous." But I think she's lumping a lot of us in one bucket, which is unfortunate. I mean, even my, you know, some recruiter suck episode. I don't lump every recruiter sucks. It, it's not the case. There's some very, very good, talented recruiters out there, but not. I mean, but there's ones that are really bad too, and they just ruin it for everybody. Um, if a recruiter can't value your skills without knowing what somebody else paid you, they're a really bad recruiter. So after I read this, I'm like, wow, I don't have a leg to stand on. I must just be really, really, I must be a really crappy recruiter in the eyes of Liz here. But anyways, I do think that she has some very valid points, ironically enough. Um, so how do I handle salaries. Uh, well, let me, let me touch on something else in this article and we'll sum up the article, get the article out of the way, and then we'll go into my, my op-ed for the most part. So as soon as you give up a pass from Liz's article, as soon as you give up a past salary figure, you lose all your negotiating leverage. Most employers will not hire you in at more than 10% over your last salary, even if they love you. They feel that 10% is enough of a pay bump to go from one job to another. I have run into that. I've also run into people that have gotten 40 and 60% bumps. They have. I can I can guarantee it. Um, going into it. So then she says, well, okay, so how do you how do you approach the question? What happens when the person brings it up? So what they what she says is um Stay pleasant, polite, but also draw some boundaries. They'll respect you more. Resist the urge to grovel and bow and scrape and contort yourself into pretzel shapes to please recruiters and hiring managers. Totally get it. Yep. So she says, how do you do it? And she goes into face the fear of saying, gee, as you can imagine, my salary history is personal information. Okay, great. See, I think salary is kind of wacky. Uh, I think this kind of thinking is, is you know, 1950s, 60s, 70s. HR doesn't want anybody talking about their salary internally. Um, I've actually saw some very trendy, progressive information technology startups where everybody knows everybody's salary. And it's very flat organization. There's not a huge hierarchy. But, of course, you know who the founders are and you know who the new people are and have less experience in that organization. And it may be just a company of 10 people. But the transparency piece is, yeah, at this level and when you're here, this is what you're going to get. And this is what I make right now. And I think there is a level of understanding 
of saying this is how much we make because this is how much we we risk or how much we put into the organization. Uh, this is how much of our own uh, our time and investment gets put into that. And I do think that there is a level of transparency. If you are an adult and you are professionally mature, there shouldn't be this, oh, I can't believe he gets paid this. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. I do so much more work. Oh, ill. I mean, come on. So anyways, so interviewer, what were you earning at your last job? You, in this job search, I'm focusing on jobs in the 50K range. Is that in the ballpark of this position? Interviewer, I think it is. I think that would work. But I'm not the manager, of course. I have to ask what you earned at your last job. So now I would just, I wouldn't do that as a recruiter. Okay, so that's hers. I'm focusing on a job on jobs in the 50K range. Is that in the ballpark of this position? That's awesome, Okay. I think the whole article could be summed up with, here's how you do salary negotiation. Don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. You know, Liz doesn't have to go into bashing in recruiters on how they approach this. So the article's out of the way. There's a few more, a little bit more to it. And I didn't read the whole article verbatim and just reference some strong points, but go in there and go ahead and check it out. Um, and let me know if you agree with Liz and let her know that I talked about her. Um, so here is how I approach salary negotiation uh, because I think that there is a valid point to – so I don't look at it as really negotiation. I don't want it to be negotiation. I think if you get in a negotiation, it sucks. It's going to waste a lot of people's time and you have the poten- – I mean you have the potential of wasting a lot of people's time. So I will talk a – okay, so uh, online I will put – uh, I would love to put salary ranges of positions. I have done that in the past because then it automatically tells the person like, hey, if you're out of this range, don't apply. And they won't. So it it alleviates it right there. And that's like, what, one minute to read a job posting? So you could read it and say, oh, job 50 to 60K. Well, I'm looking for jobs that are 70. Now, job seeker, if you're flexible, then be flexible. But keep in mind, there may be a hard and fast rule on that 50 to 60 K don't think I want 70. I'm going to apply and then I'm going to leverage everything and get 70. It could happen. I wouldn't say you should not apply, but don't go in there with strong arming thinking that you're going to strong arm yourself into 70 K if it's posted at a particular range. Frankly, there are some roles that I've actually recruited for, for union positions that they can't go any, anything above it's, it's done. It's you know, I've talked to people that have done business intelligence data warehousing. If you're not familiar with that skill set, people with any amount of experience that are decent and have been in the industry for more than five to 10 years, they can get paid anywhere from in the Madison market because it's going to range because they could go to the West or East Coast and probably get even paid more. But I've had them get paid, you know, close to 120K an hour or an hour. Oh my God, 120K a year. And if I have a position that's union, and the top of the union scale for whatever, for that role or for that skill set is 110 and they want 125 or 120, it's not going to happen. And I tell them it's not going to happen. I can't. Some other organizations have the flexibility of doing that. Uh, In the one that I was talking about in their union position, I'm not getting around it. That was negotiated between the union and the contract or the union member, members of the union and the union as and the corporation. That's it. Done deal. 
So that creates kind of a dynamic there. So going back into how salary and how Sean would typically handle it. Yes, I have put a field on the pre-screen notes. So when you fill out like, have you ever worked for us? Are you eligible to work in the U.S.? Or whatever that is. I try to keep it very quick so people can just kind of hammer them out. It's not a huge, long diatribe questionnaire, but just some quick hits that we're going to eventually need anyway just to make sure that we can actually hire you. And the salary, uh, I'll ask either what is your desired salary and make somebody put in a number because most of the times they'll put in negotiable because they don't want to be discounted by a number. And true, to Liz's credit, yeah, I don't want to have somebody apply or be totally out of the range because they're just going to waste everybody's time. Yeah, it's not always salary, but come on, let's face it, it's a huge factor. I, I've read articles, they're like, oh, money's there. You know, money isn't always the deciding factor in a job. And, you know, somebody could be getting paid a certain salary and it's really about the job satisfaction. Yeah, I totally get that. But job salary is still going to be a factor when considering a new opportunity. It just is. Maybe location, maybe job duties, maybe title, maybe scope of the organization and the challenges of the job. Yeah, all those rank pretty high, but somewhere in there is salary and it's number one, two or three, period. I don't, that's, call me if you disagree. I'd love to debate that. So somebody puts in their salary, I'll say, you know, what were you making at your current position? Or, you know, frankly, Liz's approach is actually good. And I would actually take that approach, which is, what would you what would be your ideal salary for this position and let you know put a number in there it's kind of saying like hey well you know what what were you in this job search i'm focusing on jobs at 50k boom i just so as a recruiter i don't ask for negotiating leverage i really really don't i don't care i i don't own the books at the company i really don't I'm, you know, yeah, if I, I mean, they're not looking at, oh, Sean saved $5,000 because he landed this candidate at $5,000 less than what the candidate really wanted. Saving the company, you know, $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year. They don't, I don't have that metric as a recruiter. I'm not, my performance isn't based on that. We have a compensation area that deals with all this. Um, So to me, I'm just trying to get the recruiter, I'm as a recruiter, I'm just trying to get that candidate to the hiring manager and the hiring manager likes that candidate and they offer that candidate a job and that candidate says, yeah, I'm all on board. That is my goal. I don't, man, if that person comes in and says, I want 120K, great, good, awesome. I'm all, I'm all with you. If I can get it for you, great. And what I do is I take that as a middle person and take that to the hiring manager so they don't lowball you. And they understand where you're coming from, because I've even gone to I've I've even gone to hiring managers, and they'll say, "Oh, he wants sixty k. Let's offer him fifty five. And I'm like, "No, I don't want to do that." Well, no, we want to. That's that's our number. And I'm like, "No, I don't want to do that." Now I've lost battles, and I've gone I won battles like that, and it's not always easy, and you have to know who the hiring manager is. But I was doing it to protect the company because if we're known to do that, then you get that in the marketplace and it just isn't worth, and it's $5,000. If you're a company that's making billions, come on. I mean, let's be reasonable here. Why? I actually had this happen. I actually had somebody do this and they were like nitpicking over 5K. 
for a six-figure person, like 105 to 110. That's kind of like they wanted 110. We wanted to offer them 105. I went to the VP, who was actually a VP, right? This wasn't like some IT manager. This was a VP of a large organization. And I said, come on, seriously, I can go to the Apple store and spend $5,000 at the drop of a dime. And we, as an organization, you know, could have a lunch event and spend $5,000. You're not going to spend, you're not going to kick in 5K for this person just to land them for a position that you really, you like their skill set, you like their experience, you look forward to having them contribute to your organization, you're, you're splitting hairs over 5K. Come on, seriously. All right. So, uh, so maybe I'll, I'll, I may actually rethink how I put that on a form or maybe I don't put it on a form. The pro, the thing is with salary and with a lot of the questions that I ask is to really just kind of cut to the chase so that we're not wasting each other's time. If you want salary that's X and I, and I can only get to Y, let's not do the dance and hope that it works out in the end. Let's just cut to the chase. That doesn't mean that you as a candidate and job applicant are any that you would not be considered for something else in the same organization. It just may not be this role. And also, I also think that organizations do have their, and depending on the organization, some are very savvy with what the market calls for when it comes to a particular job in their organization. For example, an organization that I had worked for, you know, they will do market research. They will check the, um, labor and statistics website, they have other third party, multiple sources that they will run skill sets through, titles through, um, different markets and cost of living in markets. And they will determine what the scope of of that position is and then what the salary, corresponding salary should be in a range. So they're really not that far off. Now, there may be organizations that don't do that research and they kind of, well, I think this is about it. But they even small companies really have a good idea of either one, what they can afford, and two, what they're asking for. And frankly, as a candidate, you're gonna know though you're gonna know who's kind of like, well, they're a startup, they don't really know the market and they don't have a lot of money, but it sounds like a really great opportunity with growth, whatever. So you either have to determine whether you're going to be able to do that for that organization. And then there's corporations that do some very heavy research in the market and they want to pay fairly. They want, uh, they want to get you what you deserve. Um, and they already scoped it out correctly. Now I've also had hiring managers that don't do it right. They think that they need say a entry level person, but the responsibilities that they're putting on the individual is like a manager. And well, that doesn't work. Well, that's a disconnect between that. That's a hiring manager that doesn't know what they're doing. Then, you know, what is what is the point? Are you really trying to genuinely save money by saying, well, we'll hire a 50K person when usually we have a manager do it at 70K? That's not going to work. You're just going to ruin everything. People are going to leave. They're going to get ticked off. You're going to overwork them. That does not make any sense at all. So hiring managers, you got to scope out your job and understand what you're going to actually have this person do every day. And then based on that, you know, compensation or whoever is going to know what the marketplace is, maybe the recruiter and say, well, that's this range or HR is going to say that's what this range is for this job for what they're going to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I've told, you know, managers, they're like, well, you know, there's a disconnect. I'm like, you're, you're getting people that want more money. So what are we doing wrong? Posting's probably wrong. So, uh, so when I ask people, I asked when I when I did when I've done recruiting, I'll ask the 
the candidate one of two ways their salary, either what you're currently making or what you would like to make in this particular position. And the second one is probably more in line with what Liz would probably find more acceptable. And the reason I ask that is simply because I don't want you to have to apply through some goofy backwards configured website, submit your resume that you've had to type up probably two or three different times and it doesn't upload correctly and then whatever. You go through that pain, which probably takes you a good hour. And then I call you or sent you an email and then you're scheduling or trying to schedule a 15 to 30 minute call with a recruiter. And then we talk for a half hour. So now you're already at least two hours into the process. And then all of a sudden everything sounds great and I get, you know, maybe I get your salary, maybe I don't. I move you on to the hiring manager. Hiring manager does a phone screen. That's another 30 minutes. Then they want to bring you in for a face-to-face. Then you're looking at at least for two hours, probably, minimum. So now you're like four, four and a half hours into the steps. And then they want to hire you. Maybe they want a second round interview. Say four, another two hours. Now you're like six or eight hours. So a full day of your time And then we get to an offer and you're like, you guys aren't even close. Forget it. I'm out of here. Or I found something better that would pay me more or whatever it is. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut it off at 30 minutes, hour and a half, right? Submit your resume. I call you. We, we talk. It works. We move you on. I want to get to the salary. I want to get to the offer stage and just go, Hey John, Hey Jane, here you go. This is exactly what I spoke to you about. And I don't have a problem giving ranges. I mean, if a candidate is like, you know, you tell me what the salary range is. And I say it's between 50 and 70K. And they say, okay, that'll work. Now, keep in mind, you're going to hear 70K. You didn't hear the 50 as a candidate. We always used to say that in staffing, right? Bill rates, if it was a $50 to $70 bill rate, the client would always hear $50 on the low end. When you talk salary with an individual, then they're getting paid. They always go to the, on the other end. It's just what it is. But keep so keep in mind, just because it's fifty to seventy, you're not going to get seventy necessarily. And besides, if it's the top of the end of the scale, and merit comes around, and you're at the you're pegged at the top, you may not get a merit, even if you're a rock star. So keep yourself some room too. That's something to consider, and a lot of people don't know that. Anyways, I think that. Uh, so I don't think that anything that Liz put out there is, is I think just the way she kind of framed it, uh, she'll get some people's blood boiling. I mean, when I first read it, I was like, whoa, hold on a second. But I do think it's good. And I do, I think that if somebody says, hey, look, I'm looking for sal- uh, salaries or positions that pay 50K. And I say, okay, we're in, we're in, we're good. And then when the manager wants to make an offer, I'll say, well, they're looking for a salary that's around 50K. And the manager can go, well, I think they're worth 55 or they're worth 50 or whatever it is. And it, frankly, if the person counters for 1000 or $2,000 or whatever, I mean, come on. I mean, fine, whatever. I, I Like I said, I'd rather just put the number on the paper and say, let's do this thing. I've had people negotiate over like five bucks. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. Um. But hey, that's their prerogative, and if they get it and they feel happy at the end of the day, super. Um, so email me at sean at talentjockey.com or leave a comment in these show notes. It'll be talentjockey.com forward slash zero one zero and let me know how you handle you handle uh, salary negotiations from a recruiting perspective. Um, 
to answer Sean's, I think you, I think you can actually take Liz's approach and just say, I'm looking for a salary of X and hope that you don't run into recruiters that are going to discount you. But I mean, they, they may, but that's, I can't speak for every recruiter that's out there, but I do think that it's good to have some kind of starting point out there and just tell the recruiter. Um, yeah. So anyways, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'm going to let you go. You have a great, awesome day, awesome week, awesome month. Do what you need to do, and I will catch you later.